All gas, no brake. Waggy sauce, Gardner. The moniker around them. That's not the same old Jets. Oh, listen, thank you. I don't know about slaying the dragon. Maybe it's becoming the dragon. That that uh, Super Bowl three trophy is looking a little lonely. We're, we're all taking receipts on all the people who continually mock and, and say that we ain't going to do anything. I'm taking receipts. I'm going to be more than happy to share them with all of y'all when it's all said and done. Dalvin Cook in town to visit the Jets, a Hall of Fame quarterback, leaving $35 million on the table to play for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in about 13 years. It's just truly remarkable, the things that are happening for this franchise. It's the Jets Way Podcast. Jake here. Getting joined today by our very good friend over at Newsday, covers the Jets, Al Ionezin. No Lorenzo, no Sean today. It'll be just Al and I discussing all the breaking news and storylines surrounding this team as we are really heading towards just a uh, truly monumental season with this franchise. And uh, on that note, I think we should just bring on our guest right now, and that is Al Ionezin of Newsday. Al, how's it going? Welcome back to the Jetsway Podcast. So how's training camp been this year? Uh, the vibe around the team? Is it how how much different is it than previous years? Really, it's night and day. I mean, really, I'm not uh, cliche. It's night and day. I, you just go up there. First of all, it's the amount of people you see, uh, media, everyone else. But it's just there's a different vibe. There's no doubt about it. That you know, you, you felt it last year a little bit. There was excitement about Garrett and 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 Sauce, obviously, and then Brees Hall blew up. You get a guy like Aaron Rodgers and look at everything that's happened since, you know, I know we're going to get into it, but, you know, Dalvin Cook wanting to be here and stuff like that. Practice is just different. And and he raises everyone's level of play. And that's what makes it entertaining, you know, even as a as a as a writer, because, you know, we're there to report on what's going on. And we're watching Garrett Wilson make these ridiculous catches. We're watching DJ Reed and, and and Sauce Gardner, you know, in coverage, and they're making great plays, breaking up passes. We're seeing how the defensive line is, you know, getting after the quarterback, and and there's definitely more purpose that you're seeing, and that's what that's one of the things Aaron Rodgers brings. He raises your level of focus, your level of intensity. He has said many times, "Why are we going to waste a rep? It makes no sense to waste a rep." And it looks like his teammates are following suit. So, you know, seven practices, I believe. Some moments where it was a little ugly, but some pretty exciting moments, too. And and you just wonder how it's going to translate on the field, you know, when they're in pads and they're actually hitting each other and tackling each other. Yeah. And I bet those hard knocks cameras are out and about, too, during practice. Right. Like, what is that whole environment like? It's it's different. You know, there's just more cameras there, more people there, but it hasn't been intrusive, at least not to us. Now, I can't speak for them, but they've been, you know, the Jets, they've said it's fine. You know, they have, they have a pretty good in-house system with uh, one Jets drive. And that's what Sala has compared it to, that, you know, they're going to be just like them. And it's it's NFL films, I believe, and HBO. Um, but, you know, I think it's great. I think it raises the level of interest, the level of excitement. Um, I know some people don't like it. You know, obviously at first Rogers and Sala didn't want it, but I don't think they're letting it affect them, obviously from everything I've seen. And the players look like they're having fun with it too. I mean, I remember one practice, 
uh, I can't remember who it was, but a coach and two players were talking on the sideline. They were laughing with each other and they looked up and there was a boom mic. And one of the coaches was like, oh, I better not say anything. He walked away laughing. So you got to have fun with it. You got to embrace it. And, you know, sometimes in this situation, this is what happens when expectations are high. I mean, it's not always like that with hard knocks, but this team has real legitimate Super Bowl hope. They believe they can get there. And this is part of the, you know, what happens that people are interested in you hbo wants you things like that and it's it's going to be interesting to see both them and one jet drive and see how how similar and different they are one could only hope al well one could definitely only hope it's funny you say where the expectations are high i remember rex ryan on hard knocks all those years ago we said that the best place to be is where expectations are high so uh i can't wait for the premiere on august 8th so I just want to get into the breaking news of today, really. In the whole weekend, it seems like Dalvin Cook really wants to play for the Jets. He said today, it's I, I could be paraphrasing here, it's very possible. What do you, So how do you really examine this whole fit with Dalvin Cook? And isn't it a little interesting how Brees Hall appears to be ahead of schedule with his whole rehabilitation process, and now they're bringing in Dalvin Cook? I, I know Hall put out a tweet yesterday with the LOL. Oh, he wow. could have been talking about the Sean Payton thing, too. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the way I look at it is you don't want to hurt any player's feelings, right? Especially a guy who's important to this organization, someone you think is going to be here for a while. But if you're going for a Super Bowl and you have the opportunity to grab Dalvin Cook and he wants to be with you, you have to do everything you can to bring this guy in. And and I think, you know, to me, it would seem like the guys behind them are in trouble. I think Brees Hall is fine. I think he's going to be the number, you know, once he's fully healthy and they keep talking about, we, we don't see, we see him running on the side. You know, we see him running through some pylon big, you know, those big and uh, tackling dummies, but those, those big things. And you see the burst, you see all this other stuff. Um, but then during team stuff, he's watching. So we don't, we don't see how hard he's really going at it inside and things like that. It doesn't make sense for them to give him the ball, uh, 25 30 times a game whether it be passing or to start the season so if that's the case and you can bring in dalvin cook and Brees is one and dalvin is 1a that's that's pretty good you know then you got to wonder really what does it mean for michael carter and on down that's who i think uh it affects i think as he will be here you know they drafted him this year but you know i, I don't know about michael carter's future if this happens i know they love michael carter but dalvin cook is you know four-time uh pro bowler 1,100 yards rushing at least each of the last four seasons, 47 touchdowns. I mean, he's a stud. And if you could put him with Brees Hall and you have Aaron Rodgers and then we go through all the other weapons, a tight end and receiver, they're going to be hard to defend. And I think that's the whole plan. I think that's the whole reason why, you know, Aaron Rodgers came here, took the pay cut, you know, which I'm sure we'll discuss all that stuff. It's to be able to bring in other players, right? They wanted Odell Beckham. They were very close to getting Odell Beckham. That's who Rodgers wanted. Now Dalvin Cook is in the mix, you know, and, and you look at Beckham, he took more money somewhere else. Calais Campbell took more money somewhere else. That's where it's going to get interesting, because if the Dolphins or Patriots really want Dalvin and are willing to spend more than the Jets, what does Joe Douglas do now that he has this extra money on his, uh, you know, under the cap? Um, I think they got to do everything to bring him in. Yeah. And just before we got on here, I was actually watching Dalvin Cook on the Dan Patrick show. And he said that he just spoke with Aaron Rodgers about two days ago. So the timing is really interesting with the whole contract restructure. 
And I, personally, I would be really surprised if he left uh, Florham Park with that deal this weekend, just based off of everything that's been coming out. Yeah, you know, I say the same thing, but I, you know, I watched him on uh, Good Morning Football, obviously, and he said, he said, odds are pretty high. You know, he talked all about Aaron Rodgers wanting to be here. But then when they asked him about Miami, he spoke really highly about Miami uh, because he's from South Florida and it would be like a Cinderella story and it would be so big for him in the city if he played there, you know, and, and he said he's leaving all his options open. I mean, this could just be usual talk to try to get as much money as possible. But I, I would be surprised if, you know, Monday when or Sunday when they return to practice, maybe Monday, if Dalvin isn't either signed or, you know, agreed upon or something like that, because again, they got him in the building. That's, that was the big step that everybody wanted. Sala talking to him, Aaron talking to him, Joe Douglas, those things. Uh, and what they have here and their goal, their window is very small. We know what Rogers is doing two years. They want to win right now. They're going to put everything into winning right now. I think it's a good fit. And also the physical too appears to be, an important element of this whole process too. I know that that's something Sala said that they wanted to uh, get into when Dalvin arrived. Right. Right. Everything, yeah. everything has to, you know, money, physical, everything has to match up. And uh, you know, next couple of days are going to be interesting. Well, I wanted to get into Aaron Rodgers because obviously he just restructured the contract appears to be sunshine and rainbows at jets practice, the connection with Garrett Wilson from what you've been seeing at practice who has Rodgers really been connecting well with outside of Garrett Wilson? Obviously, he's been all over the Jets page. There's Alan Lazard, Corey Davis. I, I read the article that you uh, released about Corey Davis being happy to be back. Um, how has that all been going with Rodgers and his new pass catchers? You name it. He's he's thrown at everybody. You know, yesterday we had a situation where Garrett got hurt on this second play of team drills, first pass play. Corey Davis wasn't there because Salah said he had a viral illness and uh, um, Lazard is still out. So now his pass catchers are Cole Hardman, Jason Brownlee, Malik Taylor, and I'm probably forgetting somebody else. Um, he's a stud, you know, he's a four-time MVP. He'll make it work with anybody. Um, he's got great connections with everybody. Loves throwing to the tight end. Him and Conklin look really good. I think Conklin is going to have a big year. I, 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 you know, I thought he had a really good season last year. He could be even better this year. Good fantasy football, little flyer late in the draft, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was, he, he, he was, he played well last year. Uh, Ruckert, Jeremy Ruckert has been very involved. Uh, Rogers is thrown to Ruckert a lot. Um, I think in this offense, everybody's target you know and that's the way he is and even the dump dump off passes to michael carter and uh bam knight you know if that changes to Brees hall and dalvin cook i mean just think about what you got there i mean just just honestly just think for a second and i know every jet fan is going through this you if you put out there garrett wilson conklin lazard davis and the backs with aaron Rodgers, that's pretty impressive and you know it's going to come out it's starting to leak out that you know don't be surprised if Devontae Adams isn't happy in Vegas you know they did get rid of his quarterback Derek Carr so I would not be surprised and where is the most natural place for him to want to go to you know meet with his to be back with his old quarterback that's what's impressive right now because you know again I know Sean Payton had those things to say about all the hype but there's a reason you know it's kind of like 
Tampa with when Tom Brady got there. It's it's it, there's so many similarities, including him taking less money to make sure he brings in the guys he wants. That's what Cook said kind of this morning that, you know, Tom Brady took less money because he wanted certain people around him. And now that's what Aaron Rodgers did. And and I think the connection is everywhere. You know, the interesting thing, too, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but the interesting thing, too, with, with Aaron is how much time he's spending talking to the defense. And there was a part in practice the other day, which I've never seen. You know, I, I've only been covering football five, six years, so I'm not going to say, you know, I'm one of those guys who've been there forever because I covered basketball before that. But after the starters were out and it was the second team and the third team, he goes over and he's talking to the defensive backs. He's on the defensive sideline. He's not oh, – he's sitting on the defensive sideline talking to them, watching them. Now, he joked it was because Tony Adams picked him off and he wanted to say good play, but it was a free play because you guys jumped offside so it doesn't count. You know, always the competitor. But he said he also likes to look and see things from a different perspective, hear the calls. You know, he is really remarkable that way in how he is so in tune with everything that's going on. And and one thing I find very impressive is we keep talking to different players that they bring up. Quincy Williams brought it up. Uh, Michael Carter, the second, brought it up. Um even even Connor McGovern, the, the center, talked about how he's basically telling them what position, how their footwork should be. We're talking about offensive linemen. Yeah. He's telling them that. And with the with the defensive backs, he's telling them, the linebackers, this is what you're showing me. If you keep doing this, this is what the quarterback's going to do to you and going to try to do to you because you're not disguising anything. You need to disguise this better. The guy is really focused on making everybody around him better, not just his receivers. And that's what I talked about earlier when I said, you know, he truly believes there's no such thing as a wasted rep. If you're wasting reps, what are you doing? So he tells them, this is what I'm seeing from you. You need to change this up because, you know, Mahomes or Jalen Hurts, whoever they put Josh Allen week one, this is what they're going to do to you. That's very impressive. Oh, absolutely. And, and you mentioned the offensive line. I would probably say the biggest concern that I have with this team and really the biggest storyline after Rodgers, Cook, is that offensive line, particularly at tackle. Makai Becton is on some some form of pitch count. He's not looking the best in practice. It's it's worrisome. And Max Mitchell is getting rave reviews. Is And I, I mentioned this to you when we yeah. last spoke. I could really see a scenario where Makai Becton is not on this roster come opening day because he doesn't win the job. Uh, you know, you're, it's possible. There's no doubt about it. It's possible. And I agree with everything you're saying right now. You know, in fact, I was going to write something about the offensive line for tomorrow, but then Dalvin Cook goes on TV and says, you know, odds are yeah. I'm signing with the Jets. So that kind of changed everything. But yeah, that's the biggest question mark coming into this season, coming into training camp. How's the offensive line? That's it seems to be other than for years, it's been the quarterback situation. OK, they got Aaron Rodgers now, so you don't worry about the quarterback situation. Offensive line has always been there, too. And now it's even more pre uh, prevalent because you want to make sure. He's healthy. Aaron Rodgers needs to be protected. I know he's going to get rid of the ball quick, but still, Brees Hall coming back from what he's coming back from. You want to make sure you're opening holes for him. Keep players off of him. If you get Dalvin Cook, you know, all that stuff. So there's definite concern. The interior of the line, I think, is fine. I think, you know, it's it's Lake. And right now, it's Con to me, it's Connor McGuff. I know everybody wants to talk about the center competition and Joe Tipman and Wes Schweitzer. And, and I get it. There might be, you know, a time where that happens. But Salah said the other day that, you know, 
for, for Tittman, he's just got so much to absorb. Whereas Connor's been doing this six, seven years, he's only missed, you know, maybe five games in his career. He's played a lot of football. He knows everything. He's working, you know, basically exclusively with Aaron Rodgers. So there's a comfort level that's growing there. I don't know if you're moving him out, but then you got the tackle spots. Dwayne Brown, we know, has not been able to practice with the shoulder surgery uh, coming back from that. They still say he's going to be okay, but he's on the pup list. Makai looks great physically, lost all that weight, 50 pounds, whatever it may be. He's been getting beat on some sacks, would-be sacks, because there's no tackling. And, uh, yeah, then that situation last week or a couple of days ago where they said, well, he was out because he's on a snipe count, uh, pitch count, and then he doesn't practice the next day. And then yesterday, he didn't really practice. He just went through individual drills. Salah said this was kind of expected after knee surgery, but it does paint a bleak picture because he kind of said it yesterday. We got to get him to the point where he can make it through a game. He hasn't done that since his rookie year. Max Mitchell, Billy Turner, those are your guys playing with the first team right now, and they're flipping. He has them, you know, some days over here, some days over on the other side. Sometimes within practice, he flips them. I think everybody would be surprised coming into the season if Max Mitchell and Billy Turner are your starting tackles. So it's something that has to really play out. We have to see what's going on as we get into, I think, uh, you know, next week is the, is the um, Hall of Fame game. Don't know who's playing yet, but behind hopefully a, nobody. <laughs> yeah, behind a back a banged up line. I don't know if you you you, you don't play Rodgers. I know that, but I don't even know if you play Zach Wilson. Um, but Sala brought up, and this is what I figure: when you have those um, those scrimmages in practice with the other teams, the joint practices between the Bucks and Carolina, those are really the preseason games for guys like Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that. That's when the competition for the line is really going to show and see who's going to be there. You know, if, if Becton can't get through some of these things, there, you know, there's definite concern. I don't I, I'm not confident about his long term future with a jet beyond as a jet beyond this year. If he's healthy, um, you know, because he just hasn't been able to to stay on the field. And we're a week into training camp after he couldn't do OTAs. They said that he wasn't ready to do OTAs. And now he's kind of missed parts or all of the last three practices, it's definitely a cause for concern. Absolutely. And to be honest with you, it feels like the coaching staff, they didn't draft him. They drafted Max Mitchell. Just from an outsider's view, it looks like Mitchell will be given every chance to win this right tackle job uh, as things currently stand. I think so. I think they liked what they saw in him last year. Uh, it was a surprise that, you know, I mean, look, they consider, I think coming in, he was kind of considered a developmental player, right? You have that fourth round, yep. whatever, done. but then all the injuries at the line and what do you do? You know, and Sal even said, he said, there were some sleepless nights, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure what he would be able to do. And then he played well, and then he hurt his knee and then he came back. And then the, the situation with his, uh, you know, his health with the blood clots and, and, but he was impressive. He wasn't beaten that much. So, yeah, they really they really like him. When Makai Becton is healthy, I think everybody knows he's probably a better player than a bunch of the tackles they have on the team. But he just hasn't been healthy. So it could be Max Mitchell and it could be Billy Turner if uh, Dwayne Brown isn't healthy, you know. But I, I, I think they believe Brown will be healthy. healthy. He'll do everything he can to be out there. You know, he's another guy. He's 
38 years old. He's only playing for a chance to win. And uh, he, he showed last year his toughness by playing with the torn rotator cuffs. I think he's going to be doing everything he can to be ready for week one. Yeah. And a guy that I, I now I would like to get into a little bit before we wrap up some, just how some players are looking to sure. me, it feels like the most improved player just based off all the practice reports we've been getting is Jermaine Johnson coming into his second year off the edge. Uh, describe this, just Jermaine Johnson purely and just the other edge rushers the Jets have. I know Will McDonald hasn't practiced yet uh, and just they have a very deep array of pass rushers. Do you expect a much bigger role for Jermaine Johnson just based off of what you've been seeing in practice? I, I do. I do. And and I have to correct you. Will, uh, Will McDonald came back two practices ago. Oh, he did come back two, two practices he came ago. Back I'm not sure about he, that. And, and he actually had, again, sack because you can't tackle anybody in each of the last two practices. His speed is pretty impressive. And, you know, the way he's able to get off the ball uh, is very impressive. So it, it's going to be interesting again. You know, you talk about one side of the line where there's all these concerns. On this side of the line, they're strong. They're deep. You know, the, the edge rushers, you know, you got Carl Lawson, who's now two years removed from his injury. I think he's going to have a big year, especially with all the attention Quinnen gets and now Big Al Woods in the center of the defense. Um, but Jermaine Johnson, he looks a little bigger, you know, and he has been more involved getting in the backfield, uh, playing much more with the first team, but they're always rotating guys in and out. That's the way they're going to play defense. They did it last year. You know, Quinn and Williams will probably play the most snaps, uh, but they like throwing eight, nine defensive linemen in there to tire out the offensive line and come fresh and, and I think it's, you know, obviously it worked for Salah in uh, San Francisco and, and it worked pretty well last year. I think, and from what everybody's saying, Jermaine Johnson is going to have a big year. He's been in the backfield. He's been getting the ball, uh, getting to the ball pretty, pretty well. Uh, he seems more driven. You know, he said to us the other day that he watched film from last year and he didn't see uh, the Jermaine Johnson he knew. And, you know, I kind of asked him, well, what was that? He's like, I, I didn't have the confidence I normally have. I didn't have the explosiveness I normally have. You know, so those were things he really focused on. And he came into camp. I mean, everybody is talking about it. You know, Quinn and Williams, you might have seen it when he talked to us for the first time after signing his contract. Uh, somebody asked him a question about the defensive line. And he just said, the guy I think is going to have a big year is Jermaine Johnson. He's done so much to get bigger, stronger. He's playing differently. Uh, John Franklin Myers notices he's playing faster. Um, so yeah, that's that's great because if you look at it, they had a great draft last year, right? We know one guy was the offensive rookie of the year, one guy was the defensive rookie of the year. Another guy might have been the offensive rookie of the year if he didn't get hurt. And somewhere in there was Jermaine, who didn't get the hoopla. He didn't have the big year, but it, it, if he becomes the player he thinks he can be and the Jets think he can be, this draft is going to look even better. Yeah, and you have Max Mitchell in there too. So if he becomes your long-term answer, Michael right tackle. Clemens. Michael Clemens has Clemens. been tough to handle in practice too. He's getting first team, second team. He's he's getting to the quarterback. He's we know how yeah. big and strong he is. Absolutely. Um, just real quick before we wrap up here, one last question for you. A lot of people. This is just more based off of guys that are just surprising in camp. I know Tony Adams is a pretty popular yeah. pick. Um, a good buddy of mine, Nick Spano, over at U Stadium, said he spoke with someone with the Jets, and they said Kenny Yaboa is looking really strong. I don't really know where he would fit into the whole tight end equation with that crowded room. 
Who has really been standing out that's been going a little under the radar, in your opinion, just based well, off of Ad- practice? Adams is definitely a guy, you know, and that's not just because he had that pick that, you know, he, he's definitely a guy who looks good. Uh, Jason Brownlee, the, the the receiver, the undrafted free agent, he, he has a chance to be, you know, they have a deep receiver group. He has a chance to, to make the team, definitely a practice team, but he has a chance to make the team. Um, Ruckert looks so much better. You know, I know you expect that he's your draft pick from a couple of years last year, uh, but he was injured last year and they really like him. So they like the way he's aggressive in the run game. Um, and again, we keep talking. It's the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. He's going to make everybody better. So I think Rucker could have a uh, – he's going to have a much better year. I don't even know if he had a catch last year. I don't think he did. But he's someone who has kind of stood out. Um, But I I would say those three, just off the top of my head, um, there's probably someone I'm missing. But it's it's hard to not focus on the 8 and 17 and, and, you know, uh, (laughs) number 1 and number 4 because that's where the excitement – and Quinnen, my God, Quinnen is involved in every play. He's blown – we know what he can do, but he's blowing up plays in practice. Like, no matter if they put one, two on him, he's – getting through and like run him and Al Woods are blowing up the run game. It's, it's been pretty impressive. And that's why, as I said earlier, it's only practice, only a couple of days of pads. There's no tackling. It will be interesting to see what these guys do against, you know, real opponents who, who are going to be, you know, trying to push them around. And you called that Quentin Williams extension the, the last time that we spoke. So thank yeah, God they got say, it done. What do we say? Four years, about a hundred million, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's pretty damn close. It. You had to get it done, and 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 the way they made it seem, and I don't think anybody was ever what Sal Sala kept saying he'll be here, he'll be here. You know, they've been pretty confident on a lot of things, and most of them have come through. I mean, the one that didn't, I think, the only surprising one to this point was Odell. I think everybody thought they were getting Odell Beckham, but Baltimore just gave him too much money. Now we're in that situation again, as we started with 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 Dalvin Cook. I don't know if it's a if it's a million dollars here or there. I think you know. I think Joe might have to say, yeah, we're going to give him the money. Man, this is just shaping out to be quite a season. It does worry me a little bit because it kind of reminds me a little bit of the whole uh, Brooklyn Nets super team assemblation with <laughs> Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and then they start getting like Blake Griffin and uh, I forget who else. You, you see what I'm saying? Like Lamarcus Aldridge, yeah. and then it just blew up in epic failure. There were some other layers to that uh yeah well i, I yeah. think the difference is and you know i'm i covered the nets and i covered basketball for a long time and i'm not knocking the leadership but the leadership is different robert saw and 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 is different and aaron Rodgers is different he's just different he's not here to mess around he's 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 got his money even though it's 35 million less he's got his money he's got his one ring he wants more that's all he's focused on that's all he cares about and that's what's permeating to everybody else. And, and that's why I think it'll be different. I think the biggest thing, and I know it's cliche, health. If they stay healthy, I'm not saying they're beating the Chiefs. I'm not saying they're beating the Bills. You know, we have to wait and see how it all plays out. These were the class, you know, in the Bengals, if Joe Burrow, hopefully he's okay. They, they better beat the Bills week one, I'll tell you that. They, that's right, a must-win game. These are the three teams that have dominated the last few years. The Jets aren't there yet, so I, I, you can't put them ahead of them yet until it's on the field. But they've absolutely closed the gap, and they closed it last year when they didn't have 
Aaron Rodgers. Now they have Aaron Rodgers and more. So, yeah, I, I think week one is going to be – I think every week now, look, no one thought week five was going to matter. A game in Denver, now it's a big deal because Peyton killed everybody, <laughs> you know, took shots at Nathaniel Hackett and, and the Jets for being overhyped. Now that's a game where they're going to go – they're going to want to kill them. It's going to be so much fun. Can't wait. Well, Al, always great talking to you. Hope to have you back on again sometime soon before – we kick off the year. We'll 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 discuss, but we'll always great talking to you. Sure, Jake. I appreciate it. Good time. And that'll do it for today's edition of the Jetsway Podcast. Please make sure you're subscribed, following us on all platforms wherever you get your podcast. Leave us that five star review. It certainly goes a long way with the program. We'll be back next week with a full house, all the guys hopefully discussing what will be one could only hope a season that we could all remember and look back fondly of. As always, go Jets.
Chad Schwarzenberger, HBO, NFL Films. And uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. We will be back next week talking Jets training camp, all the biggest storylines. But in the meantime, please follow, subscribe, leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. We will be here all offseason, all season. You know the drill. As always, go Jets.